Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name is Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. I am so excited to share this interview with you. On this week's episode of Muse Room, you get to hear from Helen and Jesse, the owners of Mason's Creamery, which is a super cool ice cream shop here in Cleveland. I chatted with them about what inspires them, how Mason's Creamery got started, ice cream, of course, ramen, and what makes their business run every day. They were so knowledgeable and welcoming, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. Talk to you later. So I'm sitting here at Mason's Creamery with the owners themselves, Helen and Jesse. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Cool. Um, so before we talk about ice cream, um, I wanted to start by asking what inspires the both of you. So what has been catching your attention lately? Um, I think we're always just inspired by uh, traveling. Um, mm-hmm. We both love traveling. So just, you know, different cultures, different foods. Yeah. Um, and... And that's always kind of what we go to when, um, you know, we think of uh, new ideas. Mm -hmm. So where have you been, have you traveled anywhere recently that really inspired you? Um, We were just in the Adirondacks in um, February, and then we got back from Hawaii last uh, November, Mm -hmm. and then um, Lisbon the year before. We we always try to do like one international um, trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually in the fall after ice cream season's gone, Yeah. uh, we'll, we'll take a... A trip somewhere. Just so. a way to recalibrate. Yeah, summer is pretty hectic for us, mm-hmm. so it's usually all hands on deck. We're always on call, right. um, uh-huh. and so yeah, usually around November we we ditch out for a little bit. That's good. Cool. Yeah. So how about you? What's been inspiring you lately? Ooh, uh, we love hiking, and so I think with the changes in seasons, I think it's not necessarily an inspiration, but more of a motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer is coming and so we just need to to function so right now it's just more of getting everything ready Mm -hmm. uh not necessarily coming up with new things but just preparing for the onslaught Mm -hmm. and getting through the yeah the the season yeah cool so where are you from uh i grew up in the suburbs well yeah grew up uh, in the suburbs of cleveland and then uh lived in new york for a while and then los angeles for a long while, mm-hmm. and then we moved here in 2013. Okay, what, where did you grow up? Um, I was born in China, and then mm-hmm. I grew up in Houston, um, and then lived in Austin, um, and then LA, and San Francisco, and um, we moved here together. Yeah, so yeah. did you guys meet in LA? We did, yeah. yeah. Cool, what, what brought both of you to LA? Uh, I worked for uh, several companies, um, we built TV sets and mm-hmm. like the theatrical elements for theme park rides, and then um, graphics and animation. Okay. Uh, and then uh, work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, what made you guys move back to Cleveland? Uh, work as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Helen. I got a job offer here. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a training program with my company, and there were um, positions over the country. And we had originally intended on staying in San Francisco, but it was just, the cost of living was just so, um, mm-hmm. so extremely high. And um, 
much higher than Los Angeles, which yeah. was very oh, okay. surprising. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, there was an opening in Cleveland, and this is where Jesse's from, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we kind of realized why spend everything on rent um, and living in cities where we don't really know anyone and mm -hmm. have no connections to, um, and so we decided to kind of move, move to Cleveland and, you know, go from there. Yeah, and Cleveland's growing as well, so... Yeah, we really came at a, uh, a good time in Cleveland, right at like 2013. Mm -hmm. um, I think Cleveland for a long time it has suffered a, uh, an image problem. There's mm -hmm. a lot of self-deprecation, but okay. around that time, um, things just started to really come into their own. So it was, yeah, we've been very fortunate mm -hmm. in, in that regard. Cool. So how did Mason's Creamery first come to be and why did you want to sell ice cream? <laughs> uh, so I, in Los Angeles, uh, Helen would suggest ice cream places uh, that we would uh, go visit very trendy, very busy ice cream places mm -hmm. and we would inevitably, inevitably wait an hour in line to, to get ice cream, uh, which was great and, and bad all at the same time because lines suck. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I thought it would be a great idea to buy her an ice cream maker, mm -hmm. um, which is a terrible gift idea. <laughs> um, it's like a vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. um, but so it sat on top of her refrigerator for... A few months. Yeah, yeah. definitely a few <laughs> months. Uh, and so I decided to take it and start making ice cream for her mm -hmm. and myself, um, mostly for her. and. Uh, thought it was really fun. It's very cathartic mm -hmm. um, and uh, started making ice cream almost every single day just trying to perfect recipes because that was fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, when we, when Helen got uh, a, the job offer in San Francisco, um, she asked me to move with her. And For the training program. Yeah, the training program. Mm -hmm. um, and I did and uh, we lived in Oakland at the time which okay. is similar to Cleveland, uh, a little bit more dynamic, mm -hmm. um, and there's uh, First Fridays, a yeah. um, big art festival every Friday, uh, first Friday of the month, and there were vendors everywhere, uh, and started to think, I could sell ice cream here, mm -hmm. I, could, I could do this, um, so started coming up with a plan to, to do a mobile ice cream booth, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then after Helen's training program ended, we decided to, to move here. So pretty soon, um, we were in o only in Oakland for like six months. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so pretty soon after moving, um, well, I, I immediately after moving, I decided I'm going to try it in Cleveland. And there was a, a commercial kitchen that had just opened up. Uh, we were the second tenant, so it was called the Cleveland Culinary Launch Kitchen, so we cool. didn't have to worry about permitting or anything like that because they already had it. Um, and that's, yeah, we've been nonstop since then. Cool. So that, what was that place called? Cleveland the Culinary? Cleveland Culinary Launch Kitchen. Cool. So they just kind of hosted you and you were able to just do your thing without having to worry about... Yeah. Finding places to sell ice cream and... Well, we had to worry about where to sell ice cream. Mm -hmm. They were basically a, a, a shared kitchen. Okay. Um, so as far as um, the food permitting, mm -hmm. um, but we, we applied to farmer's markets, uh, food truck events. The first event we did was a Cleveland Asian Festival, um, which
which was crazy. And um, yeah, so we we sought out places to sell. Okay, cool. And then so how, what brought you to this space specifically? Um, so we've been doing everything mobile um, for, you know, uh, a few months. And this place um, in Ohio City has been an ice cream shop for 60 years. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and when we started a few months after it closed um, with the second owners because they uh, personal issues, um, and so the neighborhood kind of started reaching out to us mm. and asking if we were interested in looking at the space. Um, one of the former councilmen, um, Joe Zimmerman, reached out, and um, you know, we it was it was kind of a big step. I mean, we just started, um, and committing to a space is obviously a, a huge decision. Mm -hmm. um, but we ended up doing an event in this neighborhood just to see what it was like, mm -hmm. and um, kind of just fell in love with the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And um, so we actually own a house down the street as well, cool. so we're very ensconced in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think kind of realized that you know after doing mobile events all over the city um, and having experienced a lot of different places uh, just during the summer, that you know if we wanted to open a place anywhere, it would probably be in Ohio City. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, like this was just a very serendipitous yeah in Ohio uh, City but not on 25th Street just right just kind of a quieter more just more residential neighborhood yeah feel, which is more us anyway mm -hmm. more community centric mm -hmm. um and so it was kind of you know if we didn't do it then I think we would have regretted it and so mm -hmm. we, we made the leap mm -hmm. yeah that's good so what when you first got the space what were your first steps that you took uh so the, the building that we have is, uh, it was built as a, a custard stand. It's all like, like a summer walk of only okay. kind of place. Yeah, so you couldn't walk inside. It was all of, and is all of 625 square feet. So it's super, super tiny. Mm -hmm. um, it was, the kitchen was actually in this side, in the front of the building. Oh. So we had to move everything to the back of the building. Mm -hmm. um, so basically a lot of renovations and mm -hmm. having a, like a theatrical building background helped because I was able to kind of put everything together. Mm -hmm. um, but that was basically it for the first couple months. We were still doing mobile events and construction at the same time, and we didn't have a huge budget or no budget really mm. because we did it all ourselves. Right. Um, so it was just more time than anything um, going back and forth between making ice cream at the shared kitchen and mm -hmm. coming here and building. Um, so yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so, um, so what makes your ice cream special? Oh wow, that's that, that's a loaded <laughs> How question. How is it different? Uh, I've read that you guys don't use any artificial dyes and that kind of thing, all organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not certified organic. The farmers we use uh, don't have that labelage, but it is okay. organic because mm -hmm. the label is expensive. Um, yeah, so we we try not to use any dyes unless it's like a super special order for somebody that we know really well we'll put some something in there but um yeah we all of the ingredients are are made in house or are what they are supposed to be mm -hmm. um so we don't use extracts or anything like that um and then we do everything in small batches okay um so you know like we'll make like three gallons of ice cream at a time and so um Nine yeah. gallons now. Well, yeah. Yeah, but you know, kind of in smaller batches, and so we're able to experiment a lot more. 
Mm. Um, you know, whereas if we're bigger, we need you know to scale more, and mm-hmm. so it's harder to take some risks um, just because you know you don't want to waste like fifty gallons right. of mm-hmm. a flavor that you don't think people will like. So a lot of times it's easier to stick with stuff that you know people will like, like mm-hmm. chocolate or salted caramel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we'll take more risks because you know at the end of the day, if, if it's not that popular, it's like three gallons. Right, so, so it's not it's, as big of a deal. Yeah, right. so we are constantly changing flavors. We're um, and then we take a lot of customer recommendations. Oh too. yeah, I was going to ask so about that. Yeah, so it's you know it's, again it's harder to if you're doing like big batches to like you know have like someone down the street suggest this and you're like sure I can make that but you know we'll get um, comments on Instagram that say like can we get this this week and then you know if we have kind of a, a slot available we'll make it. Mm-hmm. So it's more interactive. I think. Yeah, that's cool. So how many of the flavors are customer recommendations and how many are? On a weekly basis, at least one or two. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and so in the and summertime. And people also like, ask for stuff that they've had before, like we've made before. Oh, okay. So it's not like a new flavor necessarily, mm-hmm. but you know, like last week someone was like, I really miss the Earl Grey, can we get that? And so we made it um, for mm-hmm. them that week. Yeah. Um, and obviously other people like it, so it works out. Yeah, it, it has to be a good flavor. Right. Mm-hmm. What are you guys' favorite flavors? <laughs> That's probably a hard question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the, the sorbets personally. Um, mm-hmm. I think my favorite is, wow, I don't know. <laughs> uh, just for me, fairly basic, just like a lemon ginger sorbet. Ooh. Nice and tart, mm-hmm. a little neat. A little spice, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so like kind of a classic salted caramel uh-huh. or um, like the, the teas are really good actually. Like we do a matcha and then like an Earl Grey and those mm-hmm. are all really nice because it's just like tea with milk essentially. Mm-hmm. Cool. So who actually makes the ice cream? Is it both of you or? I do. Um, yeah, I'm here mm-hmm. on, mostly during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we um, we're closed on Mondays and so we try to do the bulk of the ice cream making on that day, mm-hmm. um, barring some orders and stuff like that, I'll be in there here tonight on Saturday making some stuff for a restaurant that just mm-hmm. put it in order last minute, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. always in and out. Yeah. So what do you do? What's your What's your part? Um, I work full time in commercial real estate. Oh, okay. So what goes into running your business day to day? So who all works with you? Um, what makes Mason's Creamery run every day? Yeah, um, so usually I'll come in, make ice cream. We open at two o'clock. We've got a great staff of, in the wintertime, four people, um, which kind of balloons out in the summer, obviously, with, with some college help. But really it's, you know, we have fantastic employees. Yeah. Um, and they're really the heart and soul and like, you know as we and they all live in the neighborhood and so kind of a lifeblood for us is maintaining the neighborhood quality mm-hmm. um, so when customers walk in here you feel like you belong so whether you know we, we try to treat everybody like they're friends mm-hmm. um, and yeah I don't know I got lost in my words there Any uh. additives <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's just kind of um, part of running a business is just kind of dealing with the problems as they come. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. never a, you know, fixed problem of right. the day. It's something different comes up Improvising. constantly. Mm-hmm. Constantly. And, um, and just, you know, being flexible and 
running with it mm -hmm. and again like you know having that team to support you and support each other because it's you know when we're doing this mobile it was just the two of us um and as you grow you, you can't just do it with two people mm -hmm. um and so really being able to count on the people around you right is key yeah definitely and so something that really excites me and catches my attention is that you guys do the ramen pop-ups. So oh, yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when we were in LA, there were a lot of you know really good ramen restaurants, um, places where you'd wait like an hour mm -hmm. for. And, um, and then in San Francisco, the Bay Area as well, um, there's there's you know a lot a big Japanese population, mm -hmm. so good ramen. Um, Not as good as LA. But <laughs> okay. And um, when we moved here uh, in 2013, we moved in February, so it was cold, and like, you know, I've never really lived anywhere particularly cold, so like soups just sounded right. really good. And it was harder to find, um, you know, the stuff that we were kind of used to in LA, which mm -hmm. is um, primarily a tonkatsu broth, which mm -hmm. is kind of like a fatty pork broth. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of places will do miso right. and like soy because with tonkatsu, it takes time, and mm -hmm. so if you run out, you're kind of done for the day. Okay. And so it's hard for a restaurant, understandably, to kind of maintain that, um, you know, ability. Like, it's hard to run a restaurant if you run out of food every day, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so we couldn't really find it, so we started, um, Jesse really started making it, um, just kind of testing out different recipes, mm -hmm. um, combining stuff, and, and, um, and so I think it was our first winter, um, obviously a lot slower than the summer um, at the shop. And we just kind of threw out the idea of, you know, let's just do something fun, let's do something different. Um, and so we, you know, kind of did a, a ramen pop-up um, mm -hmm. with maybe just like 50 bowls or something. I think it was 60 um, and And it just kind of exploded. Like people were, were so into it, mm -hmm. um, we ran out very quickly and people were very excited about it and it just seemed like there was kind of a dearth of that in the market and so um, in the winter we try to do it once a month mm -hmm. um, one it obviously helps you know um, you know an ice cream shop in the winter revenue wise yeah. but it also is a really cool way to kind of you know there are people that don't like sweets mm -hmm. um, and so it's cool because then you meet kind of like a whole different yeah. group of people mm -hmm. who are like, I don't usually come for ice, like I wouldn't come for ice cream, right. but like I come for ramen. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, uh, it's been really fun to kind of um, do something a little different. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I haven't been able to try your guys' ramen yet because every time I feel like I've had something going on, I had to work or didn't get out of work in time or something. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to come soon. When is your next one that you're having? Do you know? Uh, the 30th and, 30th and the 31st of, yeah, of March. Probably the end of March. Yeah. That is. It's the 30th and 31st. Cool. Cool. So, um, what are some challenges that you that you guys have run into when opening a business? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think it's an issue of time and manpower are like always the biggest struggles mm -hmm. for the service industry um you know when we started um, we like we were it was the two of us and so adding people on is great but it's hard to find people right um and then also doing mobile events and having a shop that was like the biggest change like having to be open here and then be somewhere else mm -hmm. um and so that has gotten easier but it's still a constant struggle uh, in May, like, 
May and August. Yeah, late late August, early September are the worst times for us because kids are going back to college or they yeah. have to come back from college. Um, and so we're operating with us two and then our four winter employees mm-hmm. and it is just extremely, extremely busy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that that's like, Besides some day-to-day problems, mm-hmm. because machines break, um, and you have everything to fix them. Breaks. Everything yeah. breaks. Everything <laughs> breaks. Everything's expensive. Yeah. Um, maintenance like on the building. Our machines break like once a year, and they're you know five hundred dollars a pop, but like every year they somehow just go of course, out. Yeah. Um, so just stuff that you don't really, you know, orders get lost, of you know, get spoons and like they won't ship, so all of a sudden you know, we're open on weekend without spoons. Mm. It's just stuff that you just don't really think about until you're kind of faced with it. Right. Like, sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you can only plant so much. Right. Like you've ordered the spoons. It's it's just who who knew why they would come. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, oh, you mentioned the waffle iron. So you guys do what is? You guys do the egg waffles. Is that what it is? What yep. is it? Um, and that's pretty popular in a lot of. Asian countries, um, mm. kind of the eggy bubble waffles, um, and so, you know, that's not something that I think we found anywhere in Cleveland, at least, mm-hmm. and um, so it was, we, we came up with kind of a recipe, and, um, and it's been really fun to just, you know, introduce something different, I think that's what we really enjoy mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, very unique. Um, so is that like instead of an ice cream cone? Uh, we have cones as well. Um, it's more... Something special. Just something different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for us creatively, I mean, it's it's fun to come up with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know balance that we do small batches, and that's part of the reason is so that we can continually come up with things because mm-hmm. um, making the same flavor ice cream over and over gets really, really boring mm-hmm. um, after a while. So, um, yeah, that constant innovation is, yeah. is really what we try to focus on. Yeah, so speaking about that, so is there ever a time where you run into a time where you are blocked and you can't think of any new ideas and you just feel like you're plateauing at all? Absolutely, but that's kind of when we turn on to turn and lean into like the customer suggestions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's partly how it started other than just like wanting to get people's input was like this is a really great source um, for ideas mm-hmm. because it we were into like almost a thousand different flavors um, so yeah, mm-hmm. um, our customers really help us get through that. Yeah, that's really cool. To, it's more of a community than just one person running the business. You, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're very lucky. Yeah, I like that. So what would, what advice would you have for anyone that's trying to start their own business? Um, uh, I think my answer is probably going to be different than Helen's answer. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more of, you know, just kind of go for it. I, mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of people, um, you know, that are continually planning or, you know, we have a lot of friends that have started businesses and I've seen a lot of people trying to start businesses and I, there's a lot of just constant planning and never mm-hmm. really any action. It's just right. on paper. Um, and I'm more of a like, let's just go do it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, it needs to be a good idea and thought out, but you need to put your your uh, 
feet to the pavement, pavement and actually do it. Yeah, so um, diving right in and not worrying about it being perfect right away. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't want to put all of your resources and bankrupt yourself into it. Right. Um, start small mm -hmm. um, and start with something you know you can manage, but start it. Mm -hmm. My advice is, I guess, a lot more boring because um, I work in finance, and so it's you know make sure you have um, some sort of cash flow and mm -hmm. some sort of cash basis. I guess when we first started, we were living with Jesse's mom, so mm -hmm. we weren't paying rent, and I work and still work full time, mm -hmm. and so um, you know we have you know another a revenue stream, I guess, and um, and you know I think for many reasons, obviously, it's nice to know that you're not going to run out of money the next day, um, but one of them really is that you're able to stick to your creative process as well, so if you have enough money saved um, to get you through, you know, say, six months, mm -hmm. um, and you want to start a, a photography business, but you don't want to go into wedding photography, for example, um, but if you, you know, if you don't have any money kind of set aside, and someone offers you a wedding photography gig, you're probably going to take it, and right. there's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. but you know, the more you do that, the more you kind of move away from what your original idea was. And while there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that because ideas evolve, um, you know, I think to be able to have a certain amount of freedom in what you choose to do, um, it's, it's good to have that cash mm -hmm. reserve, um, whether it's, you know, a, a side job or whether it's just some kind of money that you've saved up. Um, and we've been able to, you know, we don't have to do, we'll do flavors that we know won't extremely popular. We've done like a caramelized onion, we've done mm. um, garlic, we've mm -hmm. done um, a squid ink black um, sesame ice cream. And we and these things, you know, aren't revenue generators. Like right. not, we know they're not gonna sell, but mm -hmm. it's fun to do, it's fun to be able to do that. And, and you know, if we didn't kind of have a lot of savings just from living rent-free off Jesse's very nice mom for <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, two years, um, there's a lot of stuff that I think we have to be more, I guess, quote-unquote commercial on mm -hmm. and um, try to be more salesy than just being able to kind of stay true to some of the stuff that we want to do that may not be popular. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's just a balance of mm -hmm. you know, doing that. But obviously also being able to jump into stuff and just do it right. um, without kind of planning. And mm -hmm. so. Cool. That's smart. So is there anything exciting happening with your business right now? Any new projects? Like, where do you see it going? Mm. Uh, yeah, we're, um, so in the, the, we're starting a shave ice, I don't know what you would call it. Trailer. Uh, <laughs> well, it's an old 1960s camper that we're building oh. out to be a shave, shave ice stand. Cool. Um, in the summertime here, we've got picnic tables on the side of the, the building, and then tables in the front and it gets to where there's no seating mm -hmm. and so we actually own the backyard to the building next to our mm -hmm. shop um, and we do movie nights there in the summertime on Fridays but uh, to get people to sit there um, we've come up with an idea of having a like a you know a food truck or the the shave ice stand there to kind of gravitate people mm -hmm. to sit over there mm -hmm. um, and open that space up for for more use um, so that's what we're doing in the immediate future that's exciting yeah cool yeah. yeah it should be really fun Helen has a love for shave ice yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we we operate on things that Helen <laughs> right but, yeah ice cream shave ice um, yeah um, 
Jesse's gonna humor me. I, guess. Awesome. I like making things, so it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, what do you guys do when you're not making ice cream and you're not you don't have to work? Um, hang out with our dog mostly. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're pretty boring as far as that goes. We we try to get out and uh, try new restaurants, and we love cooking. Yeah. Um, so we're always okay. doing that, but. And then Cleveland just has such a great park system, like mm. both the Metro Parks and right. the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Um, so we try to get out as much as we can and mm-hmm. you know, go for hikes and yeah. runs and stuff. Yeah, we definitely we hike at least once uh, a week. Um, but yeah, definitely playing with our dog. Yeah. Um, what kind of dog do you guys have? Uh, she's a mutt. Um, we got her from uh, Muttley Crew, which is like mm-hmm. a local rescue. She's a brindle hound um, dog. Yeah. Cool. She's a weird dog, but she's great. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Okay, so now I just want to get into some shorter questions. So just wrapping it up, and these are just questions you don't have to really think about. So um, favorite spot in Cleveland? So you mentioned some parks, maybe. Mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, Kendall Cliffs mm-hmm. um, is a great place that we like always gravitate mm-hmm. towards. Yeah. When we don't know where we want to go, that's where we go. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Cleveland? Or maybe a few if you can't pick one? Um, Tai Tai's really great. Oh, okay. Um, there's a ton in, in Ohio City. Um, some of our top favorites are uh, the Plum down on I haven't there. been there yet. The Plum awesome. is fantastic. And the decoration is like, mm-hmm. it's such Yeah, a the job. interior is beautiful. Yeah, I've walked um, past and I'm like, oh, it's so nice looking in there. Yeah. yeah they do a <laughs> lot of great twists on mm-hmm. like, like. Different I'm, foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, it's like, oh, a hybrid of like Clevelandish foods that they do really, really well. Mm-hmm. Execute mm-hmm. just beautifully. And then, um, like, they have a lot of stuff that you don't see normally in Cleveland, I guess. Like, they had a, a pork tartare, which mm-hmm. I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere, actually. And then, um, a mocho, um, flying fig. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, it's hard to. Yeah, we're so close to all of these restaurants. Right, it's hard yeah. To yeah. There's so many. It's awesome that we have so many good restaurants. Um, so is there a place... So you guys mentioned traveling in the beginning. Is there a place in the world that you haven't been that you really are wanting to go visit? Um, we've been trying to go... New Zealand, Australia, mm-hmm. yeah. Tasmania. Been trying to go, I've been trying to go to China for a while. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, China. It is China. Um, the visa system is just really yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think stuff on the kind of like uh, it's harder to access I guess the Asian side from the East Coast you mm-hmm. know and especially Cleveland like the flights are oh I see a lot longer hours. whereas like flying to Europe is like eight hours yeah, yeah five, mm-hmm. eight hours so um, just kind of being able to commit the time to like really getting to like China or wherever mm-hmm. and the visas right mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, best piece of advice that really resonated with you and that you still think about? If you guys, each of you have one. Um. (laughs) Um. I guess for me, like, it's not necessarily advice that, um, I guess just that I try to tell myself Mm -hmm. is just to, like, um, you know, not everyone's going to like you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's okay, mm-hmm. and you can't please everyone, mm-hmm. and, um, and I've always been kind of, you know, before the business, like, we, you know, we're not, like, public people or whatever, and so we didn't ever, 
you know, like you don't get like Yelp reviews about yourself. Mm-hmm, right. Um, so kind of getting, and then when we first started, it was all like extremely supportive people that like we are talking to one-on-one mm-hmm. and um, like an amazing community. And then, you know, as you grow, you start getting people that like you don't know and that maybe don't have kind of the same view of like what a place should be as you do. And so we've, you know, we'll get like the occasional bad review and it's always like really hard to see because you're like, you know, I put like everything into this and like you didn't like, you know, the location or you didn't like the flavor you got mm-hmm. or whatever. And and so just kind of accepting the fact that there's always going to be people that don't like what you're doing and just right. making peace with it. Yeah, because I feel like if you dwell on that, then you won't. It's, yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. hold you back and you won't really continue to grow. Exactly, because so. I'm like kind of person who's like no if I like talk to you like I can convince you to like this mm-hmm. um and just kind of that's realizing like that's not going to happen that's not worth my time or right. their time mm-hmm. like you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's no use trying to kind of win people over um so definitely making peace with that mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm still you know learning mm-hmm. yeah we both are um I guess mine isn't advice either but Helen taught me um and what or what I've learned from Helen is being able to laugh at yourself and Mm -hmm. so especially with the creative process and business owning like you're going to make a ton of mistakes Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself Mm -hmm. um and and I make a fool of myself a lot and and, and so do I but you know own up to it um and have fun with it because Mm -hmm. that's part of the process and um you know uh you know yeah Great. Life's too short to take yourself seriously. Right, yeah. and to hold on to fear and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So um, so what are the first few things you do in the morning when you wake up? Um, do you have a, like a morning routine, something that gets you started, grounded? Uh, not really. Um, not so much grounded. The routine is our dog. Probably not the best routine. Our dog has... Uh, in the winter, she has wintertime allergies, so wake up, give her pills. Yeah, um, that's kind of the routine. Yeah. Brush your teeth, the usual. Right. Um, it's something I'm trying to not do is, you know, check my phone yes. in the mornings, mm-hmm. um, but I do the social media and stuff, right. so it's kind of hard not to, like, look at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. first, and then, you know, your email, so that's, that is the routine, but that would ideally not either routine I right guess. right yeah I'm trying to work on that too but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just if you're t- having trouble getting out of bed yeah, you just like get like your scrolling. phone and yeah and that's Jesse's routine mm-hmm. too <laughs> yeah. and then walking the dog mm-hmm. um, and yeah uh, I think with small businesses it's it's very difficult to have a routine mm-hmm. um, and so like summertime if you're doing events a lot of events ask you to be there at six in the morning or five in the morning so you just need to really get used to just getting up and doing whatever you have to do right. so it might be a nighttime routine that mm-hmm. you can get into and just figure out what you gotta do during the day right so speaking of nighttime do you guys have anything that you do to unwind at the end of the day um i like reading mm-hmm. um and we have netflix mm-hmm. um more scrolling on the phone right yeah yeah, yeah. Hang out the dog um and then when it's not summer, we have time to, we usually try to cook at night together, cool. so um, that's relaxing. Mm-hmm. What uh, books have you been reading recently? Um, I just read Evicted, um, which is about kind of the housing crisis and just the rise of evictions mm-hmm. in, um, across the U.S., really. Um, and then I'll try to read, like, I read fictions, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Harry Potter. Oh, classes. of course. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but yeah, just kind of whatever the the library system in Cleveland, the Cuyahoga Valley mm -hmm. or Cuyahoga library system is awesome. In Cleveland. And, and Two Cleveland. Ones. Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. There's a uh, startup called Overdrive, which kind of oh, yeah. it's like a Kindle essentially, mm -hmm. but it works with the library systems, and so you can check out books on like on your phone. Yeah. Um, and so I just do that, and so it's like you know I just have like six books checked out. Colin is a today. very, very fast reader, like nice. almost like but it's, but it's nice because it's, you know, you don't have to like, it's not like you buy a book and then you're like, I don't like this book. So True. It's, just, it's a really cool system. Yeah, I think, can you do audio books on that mm -hmm. too? Yeah, you can do audio. I think you can do some video, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, that probably is a little draining on your phone. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Right. Cool. Um, so... Is there any one person that either of you would want to have dinner with? Fam famous or not famous, maybe dead or alive, whoever, that you just really want to pick their brain and spend a night with them? Uh, his name's Paul Sellers. He's uh, an English woodworker that just uses hand tools. And Interesting. So it'd be, be fun to chat with him. For a mm -hmm. bit. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there's like people that I want to meet with, but I don't know if there's like one specific person that is just like. I mean, yeah. President Obama would be cool. Obama yeah, would be cool. I've always wanted to. Or even Michelle would be yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably more fun than Obama. I feel like. As a couple, they'd be pretty they'd fun, be fun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you got to do that. That's maybe, true. They'd maybe throw Biden couple. in the mix. Maybe do a double oh, date with yeah. Yeah. Michelle yeah. and that would Barack. Be <laughs> wow, that would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Cool. Working nightcap. Oh, yeah. wow. Nice. Uh, last meal. Um, pizza. Pizza? <laughs> Simple. Um... Probably uh, uh, like Sichuan food, which is where I was born. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like spicy and um, just kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Cool. Anything else you guys want to share with the listeners? Um, so where can people find you on the internet? What's your website, uh, your Instagram? Masonscreamery.com is our website. Um, we have Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all at uh, Mason's Creamery. Mm -hmm. We have a Snapchat that we don't really update at Mason's Creamery. Okay. Uh, one of our uh, managers who's also named Jesse, he updates the Snapchat. Oh. Snapchats are always... I deleted my Snapchat. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it was like, it changed. It was mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, I don't use Snapchat anymore. Yeah, right? I feel like a lot of people don't. Stock prices mm -hmm. are just dropping. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I think we have kind of all the different social media platforms, mm -hmm. but Instagram and Twitter and Facebook are definitely cool. the most active. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you guys for doing this, and it was nice talking to you. Thank you so much, Katie. Cool. again. I'm so glad you're still listening. Thank you for listening all the way up until the end of the episode. So if you enjoyed 
the conversation with Helen and Jesse. Go follow Mason's Creamery on all of the social media platforms if you are not already. You can find the links to all of those in the show notes. And, of course, if you're in the area, go check them out if you haven't already. They're in Ohio City, and I'm sure they would love to meet you, and I'm sure you would really like their ice cream. Okay, so for updates on the podcast, follow me on Instagram at podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast, or if you just want to say hi, you can email me at museroompodcast at gmail.com. So, all right, well, thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to talk again soon. Bye!